You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America, hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another show of Progressive Action Radio. I'm your host, Tramel. Got my co-host, Jamel, with me. What's going on, cuz? How was this week, man? I'm chilling. I'm good. How's everything with you? Everything is great, man. You know, just took that that good old correction officer test. I'm thinking about making the move to a winning team. Oh, wow, a winning <laughs> team. Yeah, man, they not serious over here, cuz. No, they are not serious. It's sad, but you know, basically once upon a time, this was a winning team. So what we need to do is we need to get this back to a winning team, basically, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm willing to stay if, if we could turn this into a winning team. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, you know, with our collaboration with this show, we could turn this into a winning team, you know? Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I want to know what's going on at Stillwell. You know, they took down those um, learn from other harassment <laughs> um, <laughs> incident reports. And, you know, uh, I don't know if the union considered that a win of them taking it down. But I know that when we, when we commit any kind of infraction, we had two Broadway explaining ourselves, trying to not get days in the street. You know what I'm saying? So I want to see the union do something about that situation. It's, it's sad that, you know, it went down like that and y'all just go leave it alone. As far as I understand, we need to know what's going on. And um, I, I want to bring up an issue. You know, I, I had put up in the group. I just took the correction, correctional officer test yesterday. And, um, you know, they give you your test results right then and there. And, you know, I got a 96 on it. And, you know, I posted and people probably thought that it, it was a letter of them calling me, which it wasn't. And, you know, I asked for people's opinions, which, which I shouldn't do because, you know, it, sometimes it go left. And, you know, people consider... MTA to be a great, great, um, you know, job. I actually love what I do, but as far as the money and, and you know, the other benefits, it's cool, but it's not great because the people here, you can't survive in New York City making this type of money. And you can't go by overtime. Overtime is a bonus. You gotta go by what your base salary say because if they say no more overtime, It'll be a lot of MTA workers out here crying and they can't keep up with their regular life. And you know, it's a lot of transit refugees. I call them that because they escaped to Jersey and the Poconos, Pennsylvania, just to, just to survive. Like we can't afford to uh, live in a city in which we work, which is sad. And then you got, you know, Long Island Railroad and Metro North, they making an enormous amount of money and we getting left with crumbs. And, you know, I, I have a, a issue with that. And, you know, hopefully that'll get rectified sometime in the future. I'm hearing that um, Samuelson is going for money this time around. You heard that? No, I didn't hear that. I'm, I'm thinking that uh, hopefully, hopefully it won't be another prepackaged contract like the last one that uh, we accepted. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'm hearing the birdies talking that um, Samuelson is, is uh, you know, hype about getting pedicab drivers in, in the city bike 
under under Local 100. If y'all don't know, Local 100, TWU Local 100 now represents the pedicab drivers. That's those guys who pedal on bikes in Midtown Manhattan. And they got some other type of deal with um, City Bike, just in case y'all don't know. So it's crazy in a contract year. He's excited about that instead of focusing on, a, on our contract from now. So it kind of let me know of his mind frame and where and where he's at and i heard that you know he you know he that's what he talks about in the e-board meetings and and it's sad during the contract year to talk about that you you supposed to be helping us you, you running around getting these people not saying that they don't need help but you got to take care of home before you go running outside and doing something else you know what i mean that's just what you have to do so yeah so what else is going on jamel well um let me see i think that um it's a lot going on, uh, cause it's um, what's also going on on Facebook. It's um, you know, people posting things, and it, you know, one thing that I want to elaborate on. That's uh, again, that was posted on Facebook, was um, a post that you had posted in in the New Justice Justice League group. Shout out to the Justice League. I, I actually like that group. Y'all make my day go by so much faster, man. I love the people in that group, and it's very very entertaining that group. I will say that. But anyway, so. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. So, you know, one thing I do want to talk about is um, the importance of our salaries and the importance of living in this city. Because when I started a job 16 years ago, like I told you, um, it was cheaper to live in, the, you know, the cost of living wasn't as much to live in the city. The city um, this, this town wasn't heavily as gentrified as what, is, what you see now with neighborhoods being built up and condos being put everywhere. This is uh, before Bloomberg, you know, built up the city, okay? You know, Giuliani was cleaning up the city, <laughs> okay? But anyway, so um, the base salary, the top base salary of a bus driver, let's say back then, was uh, approximately $48,000, okay? So now, of course, you made overtime, and people made more, and, and and people made a whole lot, and guys made a whole lot more. Um, but the th and and I remember starting off, there was fourteen fourteen ninety five or fourteen fifty, whatever it was. And of course, starting off with minimum wage, the first week or the first month or whatever it was. But anyway, so what I'm saying, all, all I'm saying is that uh, we have to do something, and we have to start voting and get more of a financial education about um we need more our membership needs more of a financial education because b bottom line is every time we go to the contract table with the mta who by the way you're talking about a billion dollar a day income generating agency okay so and as well as getting money from the federal government so there is no reason why our union leaves money on the table like that and why they, you know, basically, but it comes from a lack of knowledge of money and a, and the lack of a financial knowledge when it comes to going to the table and negotiating things because when they see these percentage numbers, they think it's whole, they, they mistake it for whole dollars. And it's not whole dollars, it's actually pennies, okay? When you talk about, yay, 10% over five years, 8% over five years, that's pennies. That's like taking mustard 
on your finger and spreading it on some bread, you're not going to taste the mustard. So it's just, I use that analogy because you don't you don't feel that raise. All across the board, it was a $2 and change raise this last contract. Okay? So bottom line is, um, again, our union, our, you know, this administration, well, I can't, I don't know what to say about this administration, but our union and our membership rank and file needs to become more financially educated to what's really going on because we are lagging behind in this city, okay, as it compares to NYPD, as it compares to the FDNY, as it compares to corrections. Here it is, we're losing a good, a, a good member, a good, smart member here like my cousin to corrections, okay? No, we, we ain't, it, ain't, it ain't oil lost yet. I got some time, you know what I mean. Well, not yet, but it, but he's thinking about it, yeah, and, and know, that's just as bad. Because you know, okay? uh, you know, people make me upset when they say money ain't everything. You're right, money is the only thing. Because <laughs> when it's time for those bills to get paid, you can't tell your bill collector, "Oh, money ain't everything." Exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's the only thing. Right. Y'all need to wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like out of all those jobs, those other uniform uniform jobs, um. We got the lowest base salary. And out of all those jobs, we make the most, we generate the most money out of all those jobs. You know what I'm saying? And if you want to compare railroads, Long Island Railroad and Metro North, they make more money than us too, a substantial amount, which is sad. You know what I'm saying? And and you have to think deeper as to why. Look at the um, demographics of New York City Transit. It's mostly minorities is mostly minorities of only high school education. You know what I'm saying? All these other agencies, you basically gotta be in the military or college to even come through their door. There's no other way. So they gonna be treated with a certain level of respect. So y'all have to look at why are we being treated the way we treat it. Why is discipline so high with New York City Transit? 16,000 people got, 16, it was 16,000 write-ups last year. It's only 38,000 members in transit. Why is it like that? You know what I'm saying? And people over here saying, they keep saying this, why did Toussaint go on strike? You know what I'm saying? One of the things he went on strike for was to prevent tier six back then in 2005 because it was on the table. Tier six got implemented in 2012. It's about 7,500 members in tier six right now as we speak. The reason discipline is so high is because you gotta think about this. TA is a business. So they go think like a business. They want a high profit margin and low cost. And the only way they could achieve that is to get more members under tier six. So you discipline 16,000 people. How many of those 16,000 people go be tier four? It's gonna be a lot. The chances are a lot it's gonna be tier four. And then they going, for, they going straight for your neck. You go to two Broadway, a lot of people getting 30 days in the final off they first first incidents you know what i'm saying so when you get when you go there and you get fired they ain't gonna replace you with another tier four person they gonna bring in that nice little tier six person in that who they wanted to bring in from 2005 and y'all don't see it people want to you know party and, and and bs around it's serious down here because a lot of us don't have no options outside of transit and people not protecting their home you know what I'm saying? People want to do other things. A lot of people lose their transit job. That's it for them. They go be somewhere doing something else crazy. If if transit say no more overtime, what are you going to do? A lot of people go be out here crazy, crying. 
You know what I'm saying? And they and they they got they made it designed like this to make us slaves to their system. And people got to wake up. But on the bright side, we got a guest today. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, the rank and file of TW Local 100, I want to introduce to you Mr. Anthony Staley. Hey, good evening. Good evening, everybody. Nice to be here. Mr. Staley, what's going on? Tell the people, what do you do? Who are you? Why are you here? Okay, I'm a cleaner in the stations department. And also a shop steward. I've been a shop steward for over 21 years. And I've learned a lot about the, uh, the job. And one of the things that push, pushed me more to become a shop steward was the fact that I was seeing how uh, supervision were treating the workers, especially in the stations department. Between the cleaners and the clerks, the situation I, that, that's why I even mentioned about coming on to the show because I wanted to, you know, to get a chance to see how we are treated in the stations department. I see y'all from different departments, so you, you never know what another person's going through with the seven departments that we have in there unless you get a chance to hear um, from a person in that department. So that's you know, why I. And that's like one of the important things about this show is that we could connect the dots within the different departments. It won't be hearsay. Oh, you heard what happened over there? Now nah, we could come to the show and talk about it. And we could talk about how negligent the union is too. Right. You know what I'm saying? And start holding them more accountable for the things that they are doing or the, thing, the lack of things that they are doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, as far as the state, you said you're in stations, right? Yes. What do the stations comprise of uh, for the people who don't know? Well, the main parts of the station department, they filtered in a few other departments. We got the uh, clean, car cleaners, regular station cleaners, station agents, we got station maintenance, and so forth, a few other that they just started merging in with us. Okay, and, and the merging in is pretty new? Yeah, it's pretty new as far as stations, uh, maintenance, and them being part of the stations department. Before it was just mainly the clerks and cleaners, and uh, you know, in various other sections, such as HTC and all that, they had basically still cleaners as well. Oh, okay. You know, in, the, in them sections. Now, as you know, you know, me and Jamel, we just became shop stores, and we actually wanted to be shop stores before we started the show. Right. So people won't be talking, oh, who are you? What are you doing? Because, you know, the new defense with them towards me is, how much time you got on the job? <laughs> what does time got to do with information, my brother? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving you information. Time on the job don't have to do with anything. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But, um, Shop store, I, I'm, I'm quite sure you're well-versed. You say you've been a shop store for 21 years? Yes. What is the job of a shop store? Because I never got that. Well, basically, the job of a shop store is like the area in which he's working in. He's like um, oversees the, um, the safety and, uh, and the way the workers are treated in his area. That's basically what his job is, uh, to, um, to address certain issues, between supervision and the workers in the areas, those that can't speak for themselves or, or realize, you know, that really you need a union, some kind of union representation. So you're the first line of defense when, it, when, you're, when you're out there on the road. Okay, so I'm gonna give you an example. Like at Stillwell, uh, about two weeks ago, um, management put up a board, a bulletin board that said learn from others and they had people incident reports up there which i felt that was like really 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 crazy and i didn't know my boundaries of how i could have handled it 
but I spoke to the the, the, the chair of the um, department and they went there and they handled it. But um, for what I understand, it was redact some information, but you could put it back up there, which I feel was a, a bad negotiation because it shouldn't have been up there, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? But as a union, as a um, shop store, how I could have handled that? Well, you could have found out exactly who uh, who put it up there. You could have demanded, you know, who it who put it up and asked them to explain themselves because actually that's like personal information you're putting up there. If you're putting people like is disciplinary incidents or something like that. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. 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 No, he can't. That's that's personal business. That that's like. Uh, you allowing somebody just to walk into the labor relations department and just pick up anybody's uh, disciplinary and just it's not it's not meant to be that way but you could have got whoever did it and still push the issue you could still be pushing it now because the bottom line is this that person should never be allowed to ever do that again they shouldn't get off easy either because they're used to that supervision is used to getting off situations easy because the union always you know, well, when I say the union, the people you have in place have a tendency to just, you know, like, like we're going to just smooth it over. Mm -hmm. You know, very seldom have you ever heard of, of, of a union uh, 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 representative to call himself writing up a supervisor. So they got that strength, that power there because they said, well, they ain't, hey, we could do this, we could do that. I have supervisors, I heard supervisors say, yeah, go ahead to your union. Like, they ain't here. Yeah, yeah. You see? So sometimes you got to let them know and let them see you go past that because the bottom line is this. I dare them to step in a courtroom and say, or disavow me as a shop steward in a situation that if it goes that far, you see? Let's see. That's how you you, you could put them on spot. So like so even if the there's no identifiable information like names is is blacked out, um, run numbers is is blacked out because I I honestly felt especially after listen looking at the disciplinary um manual mm -hmm. that it was a form of intimidation okay. and humiliation because people was going up to that board like they was visiting the casket <laughs> and harassment <laughs> yeah and, and harassment too yeah and you know if it's in the manual it's official. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? It's not made up. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, like I, I tell my cousin all the time, when we go down to two Broadway, the least we go leave with is re-instruction. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. We go leave with something. Yeah. And the rules apply to everybody. Exactly. Everybody. And management keep thinking that they are on an MTA board and the governor picked them. Those are mm -hmm. the only safe people. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Everybody else is fooled. Mm -hmm. Because in order to become management, you had to come through some type of rank. Right. They Nobody just placing you there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, they, you know, and a, a lot of managers, they, um, you know, of course, they forget where they come from. But then also, they, again, as, as, as far as the lack of um, knowledge and the lack, you know, in other words, the people that you get in management, and I'm sorry to say it, some of the people you got to remember that they come from the rank and file right. okay yeah. so these are people that again that if they've they've never held a management position before elsewhere in the private sector right. because in the private sector when you talk about managing workers and managing you know basically you know it's a certain way that they know to manage because you can't do certain things because there are laws behind you exactly doing doing certain things to workers so when these people get here to transit, they think they're covered by some type of rule book or something. But but everybody is subjected to the rules. That's true. 
The problem is, though, is that people don't push the issue. See, eventually they, they got this mentality where they'll just go away after a while. Because I understand now, after, after all these years of doing a shop steward work and dealing with outside entities such as, you know, the Labor Board, National Labor Relations, it's a tedious job. I've talked to labor lawyers that sit around talking about, I charge five and $600 an hour, and I understand why, because it's very tedious. Tedious. You gotta look up certain things, and you got old law, bad law, and so forth. You gotta stay away from that. Mm -hmm. And you gotta, you gotta justify every, everything you do, because there's always one thing management's gonna do. He's go they're gonna test your mentality. See, to them, we're not that smart, you see? We don't read, we don't educate ourselves. So when you speak to them and they see that, then they're gonna treat you a certain way. But if you want respect from them, educate yourself. And when you come to them, let them see you know what you're talking about, you'll see they'll start talking to you totally different after that. It's a, it's a whole nother ball game. Like exactly. I said, they control those without knowledge and fear those with it. Exactly. You know, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. So as far as in your department, what's going on like that, that um, situations that need to be addressed or, you know, like, do you feel the union sold y'all out or? Well, like the, the stations department has, has always been like a stepchild step to, to the union and as well as to management because they figure that everybody in there, most of the people in the, in the department is not that much well educated or they're easily intimidated. So they push their will on you. Right. You know? And it's a certain and it's a certain demographic, of course. Exactly. You, you have again, you know, it is what it is, Latino and black, but right. predominantly, and it's a and it's a low low level of um. I mean, do they even have the test for cleaner? Still? How do you how do you get hired for cleaner? Well, when I came in, we had to take a test, <laughs> and the, but now, uh, it's like okay, like I'm I'm a lead cleaner in a web web department. Okay. That's um the work experience program. And uh, a lot of them, a lot of the interns are getting hired through the program there. Uh, recently, there was an issue with human, human resources with transit talking about they want to do a, a test, but it's been postponed off and on. I mean, this about this, I think the second time that test has been uh, postponed, but yeah, they've been trying to do, do a test because they're claiming that uh, right now we're just getting cleaners from the WEP program, we want a more diversified group, well, so they want to do a test again and and, and just let and pick from a list again, well, go back to the old way. If you want to be technical, the people, some of the people did, did, take, did take a test and was on the list because a lot of people get demoted and sent to cleaner. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that seems like the dumping ground. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my dumping ground, that, yeah. That's the dump, look. If, I'm living proof of that. Yeah, you know what okay. I'm saying? You want to be here and you want to have a job and you want to have that nice little MTA on your on your sleeve, go ahead to this dumping ground and just be happy that you still got a job. You see, when I listen to them talking about privatizing the cleaners, and I'm saying that would be sort of hard for them to do because they, when they discipline or either for health reasons, they demote uh, people to uh, cleaners. And uh, right now, uh, most of the ones that are coming in are, are labor class in a, any, anyway. They don't have civil service status. Most of them are, like right now, there's, uh, the last I look, is like 18, 1,836 cleaners. That's the most since I've been here, and I've been there from 93. 1,836? Yeah, 1,836. Now, what I would like to know is how many actually 
came in through the door the right way and how many were demoted there? Well, on the tail end, I can be a little, uh, uh, I can be a little accurate when I say on the tail end, after five, after five, 1,500, that 300 in there, most of them came through the web program. Oh, that, and, and you know, I, I applaud Transit for that, for giving people who are in economic, you know, economic situations a chance to join Transit. Right. Because once you win, you can make your way through right. different avenues. You know what I'm saying? It's not your choice to even stay a cleaner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everything is, is a stepping stone. Just like me, I'm a conductor. I don't see myself 25 years as being, you know, a conductor. A lot of people... And, and I'm a psychology major, so I, I, I pay attention to what people say and, what, and how they think. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, I got to do this 25-year bid, I don't look at it as, as, as a bid. I look at, look at it as a journey because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here for 25 years. I'm like, all right, I do X amount of years here. I do X amount of years there, and I'm going to just keep going. That's a journey. A bid is when you stationary. Right. A bid is jail. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Only movement you doing. It's from here to there to there and probably a new jail every five, six years or, you know, it depends. But this is this is a journey for me. Yeah. This is never a bit. But you, but you see the mentality of a lot of your co-workers, you know. And oh, the, why they, why they got to be my co-workers? They our co-workers. They our co-workers, you're right. <laughs> they our co-workers, you're right. <laughs> you know, just, just talk, you know. <laughs> you, you, y'all hear him talking about your co-workers. <laughs> we, here, we here for the good cause of the people. Everybody here, everybody who came to the show, we here for everybody. We're not here to put anybody down. We're trying to bring awareness to what's going on. We're here, we, we trying to connect the dots and, and make people see what's going on and that we're not being treated fair. And that goes with TA and that goes with for our, for our union right now. Of course. And, you know, another thing that, I, um, that we spoke about when um, I believe when Joe Campbell was here or, yeah, when Joe Campbell was here for the first show, you know, we talked about how they – this administration in the union cut their apprenticeship program. Wow. Yeah. Because that was the way for a lot of clean, particularly that's what it was created for, so that cleaners can promote into the maintainer titles and bring and bring themselves up below from cleaner, you know? I'm glad you said that <laughs> because I was one of the ones that took the class. Oh, really? Yes. I, I took the class for um, the new turnstiles that were put in. And uh, I completed the course. And the funny thing about it is, after see, this was T.A. was doing at the time. When the old flywheels were still in, right, and they started putting in the new, new um, turnstiles, they wasn't replacing the guys as, as they left. As they retired and moved and retired, they didn't replace them, right? So they wanted a new, a new crew to be able to fix the new turnstiles. So um, I took that class and completed it. And then when it came to that time, they turned around, and as you could see, if you look at all the guys that are fixing and, and, um, and uh, working on them uh, turnstiles, they're all Russians. We didn't get them jobs. Why, anyway. why is that? We just, for what they claimed, the story was they had a 10-year, I think they said they had a 10-year contract. They had a 10-year contract with um, the company that put them in, and that... Um, they were going to maintain them until the contract was up, and then they was going to put people in. But that never happened. Mm. Now, as far as the um, wage progression goes, cleaners, I think they started like 60%. What is the top pay for a cleaner anyway? Okay. Um, okay, since they did this, this little 
new thing that they're doing with the cleaners that that start 60 percent less than what we we started off with. Um, okay, like when I came in, I think it was like uh, what it was like fourteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars at the time. Right now, my salary is a little different from them because I get paid a little extra because of me being in a program. But um, the new ones are coming in around, I think they're around 1535. 15, what's, what's 15, top pay? 2749. Yeah, 2749. So that's crazy. So $15, which, which, which is on pace with, you know, shout out to the, the McDonald's workers. <laughs> <laughs> they they making fifteen dollars or going going to be making fifteen dollars an hour courtesy of um I'm gonna say this Jamel your governor <laughs> no that's your governor, governor. okay yeah. that's our governor okay yeah, remember our that governor. our that's, governor that's part of this platform uh, that's right so, yeah. so you know they got to go through a six year right. wage progression exactly at fifteen whatever an hour. How do they expect people to survive? Hey, to say, and why? Why isn't what, what is Samuelson saying? Why isn't what, what, what's going on here? Well, Samuelson agreed to it. That's part of the that, that's what I'm saying. Right? That's what, now, this is my thing. Now, I don't want to call him any names, mm-hmm. but why for that? It, it's no secret. We know what demographic and what gender runs that the, runs the cleaners department. Right. You understand? Why didn't you fight for that? How do you look at them? You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to start connecting the dots and, and, and you know, putting putting a label on you, but you know, you didn't come to our black history event. You're not fighting for the cleanest. You barely fighting for us. You know what I'm saying? You know what nationality or ethnic group or, you know, make up the this this whole thing here. So, you know, I'm gonna have to start taking a deeper look and start questioning some things. And I could question it as being a union member and a shop steward. I want to know why my president isn't there. Well, that's something that uh, we all should be asking. See, but he's not being put, his feet is not being put to the fire. Well, the membership it, well, has to step up. Well, things go change now. Yeah, you know the membership has the, the, you know, the, word, the baddest thing about it is in, in Station's Department, we spread all over the city. And and because of that, uh, we and then bad um, information is not coming from the union, such as you know a consistent uh, 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 paper or, or anything saying we got meetings, pushing out, pushing, going out there and talking to the members, getting their confidence back because the confidence of the members is totally been torn apart why you think why you think that is well that comes back let's go back a couple of like it's over a decade i remember when the union hall used to be packed packed and i I remember some real real rugged union meeting people really debating the issues you know but uh after certain people got in uh they uh they started um um uh, like intimidating and bullying the members and members didn't want to come to that type type of atmosphere so they start dwindling away stop participating coming to meetings who, who are the bullies i like bullies <laughs> <laughs> who are the bullies well <laughs> well it started actually in the beginning early uh roger days they were good meetings and then eventually when members started really started speaking and being voiced about what's going on then that became the issue of 
uh, outside entities were being brought in, and they were intimidating members, you know, saying what they were saying to members, you know. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't let that bother me, but there were members that say, I just don't want to come to meetings anymore. And that's when the downfall of, of, uh, of member participation started. Around what year, you would say? I, I'd say around about 2000, um, around 2002, 2002, 2000, going into 2003. Members just started, like, they didn't want to participate. And the thing that I was always telling members were, as long as you don't come to meetings, you don't know what's going on, number one. And number two, when you don't go to meetings, they could do whatever they want, and you don't know about it until it happens. And then you sit in there talking about, oh, when did this change? Well, it yeah. changed. You know, your union changed. You know, supervision is, is there and they're telling you it changed when your union gave this and this and this and that, and you're finding out at the last minute. Of course, because... because you know, through the years with the agreements, right? You, you know, when the union would go to the table with the agreements, you know, when the prime example is the givebacks in each agreement. Now, a lot of members don't know. It's like, okay, we got this, we got that, but I can never remember hearing about any givebacks. What did we give back? Mm -hmm. Okay, and the main thing, one thing that we gave back back in the 2002 MOU was the extra step in the hearing when you go for the hearing. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a step that they lost for whatever reason, you know. So like, I said, and it's there, so people can look and see. Did they, they, they question me on it? Uh -huh. Look and see, it's right there. You smiling because you know it's there. <laughs> okay, so that's what I mean when I say that's one thing that it's yeah. like. Well, why? Why would you give? Because it's an extra chance to get the discipline knocked down. But that basically tells you that okay, we're going to be harsher with discipline. We're going to go hand with. They basically go. They go hand with discipline. What you in, know? in the stations? All, all across the all board. But, but let, let me ask you a question. Why do you think, if, if we go back to the um, the wage and the, the low start and, and you know, the um, the 60% basically, mm -hmm. why do you think it's like that? Do you uh, do you think that is, it has anything to do with race? Uh, it's, it has a lot to do with demographics and the people that are coming in, the education and mentality uh, that, that's there. And like I said, you got people that are not really negotiators. Not really negotiators. Right. They they just lay down. They let matter of fact, they let TA come and do what they do, intimidate and bully. This is what we want. This is what we're gonna do. I remember um uh uh in uh, contracts negotiation for this contract right here, right? When they um first went in to negotiate on this contract, the first thing TA threw at them and like it just like was it's like everybody just that was there went like, like they just went blank. TA turned around and said, well, we want, we want layoffs. And right away, they just, everybody just backed off because they didn't know how to function, how to deal with it. You see, one thing about TA that I, I understand, I understand what they do, but then I also uh, understand like the, the rationale behind it. In other words, like this. I'm going to throw something at you, and I'm going to see if you can counter it. If you can't counter it, then I'm no, I done got what I want anyway. You know, if you can show me or you could come them, you know, even when it comes down to discipline, when you show them there are other options, right, and just letting them dictate to you, this is what we're going to do to your member, you know, and you just sit there and just, see, that's the thing that's been hurting us. People don't have, don't even read a book 
or see what other options we got. We let them just dictate to us and we run off and we sit there and we talk among ourselves, but we don't look it up. We got a bunch of lawyers in there. What we got them there for? <laughs> for, exactly. for, 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 for decoration? For yeah. decoration, exactly. For sure. <laughs> but, but we dealing with a membership now that don't care. You know what I'm saying? They, they read a book. Yeah. Read but, a book. Yeah, <laughs> but see, the membership been beaten down over the years by both sides, your own union and, and, and management as well. So they have no trust in anybody. You see, to build this union back up is going to be a yeoman's job here, a big job. And it's going to take not just a department, but across the board. I, I, I think that, you know, and, and it'd be messed up, but I think they need to implement um, more requirements to get this job. I, I, I'm because through, through social engineering, this, this, this environment, this MTA environment was created through social engineering. When you, when you um, have people who don't seek higher education, some of them don't have high school diplomas, you know what I'm saying? You reach a, you, you know that this person is only going to be in this lane. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people is just happy to be here. And when you're just happy to be here, you ain't going to rock the boat. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So TA is not going to change that because... Once again, they fear those with knowledge and control those without it. Yeah, and, and um, I always said that to a lot of people that, okay, um, you, don't know how, you don't have to know the rule book backwards and forwards. You don't want to have every single rule in, book in, your, in your mind, but you only need, all you need is to know, keep enough knowledge to keep a person from harassing and intimidating you. And when it becomes a union issue, then you call in your union. You see, but they know that don't exist. You see, there's times when jobs were stopped, right, by uh, a union rep, told, told the uh, cleaners, don't stop cleaning this yellow line because it was unsafe. They didn't have flagging, right, out, out there. But when the uh, person that stopped the job walked away and they were gone, supervision made the guy start and they started right back and start doing it again. So, come on. What I mean, <laughs> you, you know, what what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. You see, so what we need, what is what need to be done is, is that these supervis supervisors and people that knowingly do this should be written up and held accountable, the same way they do a disciplinary list for those that are being suspended for a day. You know, the daily notice. Yeah, they should do that for supervision and hand it over to the union. On a daily basis, all supervision that's being disciplined is to show us that they're being disciplined. Yeah, and also to show us trends. Yeah, exactly. To, to see if certain, you know, um, supervisors are doing this, is, if this is what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? Labor relations does um, take notice. Uh, I don't know about now, but when I was down at 130 Livingston doing hearings, uh, labor relations took notice of certain supervisors that did certain types of write-ups. You know, I always had a thing against frivolous write-ups. You know, there's misinterpretation of rules, and a lot of them do that, and they know that they're doing it. See, but the thing with, uh, with labor relations, in their head, you guilty automatically. But now, here we go to the book I was talking to you about. If you read the book, right? It's let, the, let, let the um, listeners know what book you're talking okay, about. Okay, we're talking about the disciplinary manual for all TA employees. Everybody that works for TA is in this disciplinary manual. And it states specifically, right, 
that uh, a member, uh, when, when uh, especially if they, wait, wait a minute, I, I just lost my uh, train of thought on that. Um, it states in, in there that the burden of proof is on management. It's on management. And every and I keep hearing the union keep saying like, yo, the no, we gotta prove that. No, it states in a manual. It states it. Matter of fact, um, I I wanna just show you something for um, right here that's very important. And read this part here where it says purpose. Um, what page is that? Uh, it's it's after after the um, the affirmation affirmation in the front. The forward in the front. I'm gonna show you right now, yeah. right here. After right. the okay, wait a minute, right after the forward. Underneath it says purpose. Okay, I'm gonna read it. Yeah, read what it okay. says. Um, the purpose of this manual is to assist in the training of managers, supervisors, and employees who are responsible for the processing of discipline and to and to ensure uniform procedural application of discipline. Okay, now it says employees responsible for processing discipline. That means your union. That means your union. Now, if you ask any of your union reps right now, have they ever seen this book? And they'll tell you no. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know personally. <laughs> personally. Now, you know, another thing I found interesting in the, um, the manual was that it seems to me a lot of the discipline is supposed to be taken care of in house. Exactly. And not too broad. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because even like you get into an incident on the train, you know, you get a complaint about somebody getting hit with doors or whatever it may be. Superintendent call you and, you know, ask you what happened, you know, fill out a G2, whatever the case may be. And from my understanding of that manual, the superintendent or whoever the head supervisor may be on tour at, at that time, that's his terminal. And anything that happens in his terminal needs to be taken care of by him. It's just like something happened in your house. You're not calling the police for every little argument that you have. Exactly. You call you call the police when things getting serious and you know we need some type of serious mediation here. These superintendents is is passing the ball to to Broadway labor relations or whoever may have you and it's like we making our job easier. We're not handling this. Well well it's a method to that madness, see, because you gotta remember when a member loses a hearing you lose three hours paid too. That's in the contract. When wait, wait, explain that. When who? When who? When you when you are found guilty of any type of charges, you lose three hours paid. Okay. Okay. That's uh, that's in the contract. Okay. So yeah, um, uh, uh, when you 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 sending everything downtown, you sending it there for a reason. Mm. You know. Okay, because there is in this manual departmental, uh, departmental uh, discipline. discipline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and very rarely, if ever, is if it's used. Yeah, you know? and, and I want to know why is that? Well, like I said, do you know, and, and the union is not pushing the issue. Your your reps are not pushing the issue. So, um, like I said, a lot of them lay down, they lay on the job. They lay down on the job. They don't stand up, and they, they don't show any, um, they don't present options to these people at all. No, you know, definitely not in these bus depots because, um, it's it's basically a popularity contest number one and then number two it's like um when it comes down to again thoroughly knowing the contract and thoroughly knowing these rules and regulations it's all about um the props that they have with 
uh, certain certain managers. Right. It's all it it's all about the relationship they have, or that's what they go by. Right. So instead of putting forth the effort to learn these things and know and to really get these things knocked down, okay? Exactly. Because when you can, you know, in, in in buses you have to operate a trip sheet and you have the VCR card, which is the vehicle condition report. Right. Okay. So I've seen it more and more in the later years recently that you know more more people get written up for those things which basically when I started was second nature okay they taught you how to write these things up so you know my thing and then but but just like Tramel said when you go in there you're not coming out of there empty-handed you're gonna get a re-instruction at, at the least at the least but wait till you hear this and I, I want you to read the manual see if the charges that's written doesn't fit the crime right or it's not correct they supposed to be thrown out. Of course. You see. But they bargain you and get you to take some. As long as you're guilty, you're losing that three hours pay. So if you imagine, you said 16000 Yeah. So they right made a whole bunch of money. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you a question. Even for um, a reinstruction. That's guilty. So <laughs> y'all need to listen to this because there's a lot of y'all getting written up out there. Y'all losing money. So I could go there. Get a reinstruction and two, three hours to be taken out of my pay. Yeah, if you go, if you go downtown and mm-hmm. you have to sit down there and and, and, and kill eight your time that you're supposed to be on your, on your job, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna lose three hours pay. Also, you gotta understand this: when when I first came on this job, it wasn't like that. We did discipline on on our off duty time. In other words, you went home and you got up that morning, if you had a hearing, you came to your hearing and so forth, you know. When they said, now we're gonna do hearings on you on, on TA time, you know, that's all they threw out there to the members. They didn't throw out that. You're gonna lose three hours. There you go. <laughs> well, they were, like they was something free, it was something free. Exactly, well, now everybody knows. Yeah, because I would, I, I would've went for the TA time too. Why should I waste my time, especially if I ain't do nothing wrong, to go spend time here when I'm already losing my weekends to y'all. Now I got to lose my audios too. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't say nothing about those yeah, three hours. Changed, That's new information for me. Yeah, exactly. They changed discipline or what? Um, that's for doing um, Roger's term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for, uh, going into the second term. That's when they gave up the same way we get. Remember, we used to have our own med- medical benefits. The union controlled our own medical benefits. That's right, the Health Benefit Trust, That's right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think, don't hold me to it, I can look it up, though, I can check. I think TA was, there was an agreement with TA to pay $5 million into it a year or something like that. Uh, but we had, and, and it was a better better medical plan than we got now. I was talking with somebody <laughs> earlier today about that. They, we was talking about the Health Benefit Trust, and they said, yeah, it was better. It was better, yes. when it's It was better back then than it, it is now. As, exactly. Let me ask you a question. You know um, anything about superintendent getting kickback bonuses? That, that was something they always said that uh, um, usually towards the end, going towards like the Christmas time, going, you know, in the last few weeks, it, it was an issue where uh, uh, we would be short supplies, you know, and a lot of people would make that comment. Oh, you know, um, coming down to the end, we'd either be short bags, bleach, or whatever. Cleaners be short of, of uh, equipment to do their job. And that, that was the thing, the perception everybody was putting out there that, you know, the money that was saved by the department was divvied up between the superintendents and so forth. That's untrue? 
Well, as far as I, I, I can see, you know, it's it holds a little weight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, holds a little, it holds a little weight. I've been around 20, 23 years, and out of the 23, um, uh, it's been a little consistent with the ending of the year issue where uh, we we be coming up short with supplies and so forth. Yeah, because, you know, I, um, I used to work for the Department of Education, and, you know, um, I, was a, I was a fireman, which basically I ran the boiler system and stuff like that inside the schools. And um, it, it worked like that with us too. The boss, whatever extra money that he had saved the city at the end of the year, he gets a portion of that. Right. So I don't see why it wouldn't happen here as far as you know, cleaners, um, superintendents and them, and, and even with us in RTO, and operational titles, yeah. for you know, on-time performance, no ABDs, no, no um, injury on duty, you know, that, that type of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I just think that um, as as a group, we need to focus. I be telling everybody, listen, we ain't got to love and hold hands with each other, but we need to focus on the fact that what we need to do to make our work environment better and make our union work for us better. The issues of people voting for your friends, and you got people that are up for discipline. Some of them even losing their jobs, and you putting your friend up, and your and your, and your your friend can't even do the job. You know, I, I see a lot of people turn around and say, "So, oh, my, I, like like it's like it's a big deal. Oh my, oh he's my friend. You know, he's in the union. Like it's it's a big deal to have a person in the union, uh, a number in your phone. You know, yeah, I could yeah. call so and so and so. But what is so and so doing to help the membership? What is so and so doing to make your work environment and not just yours, but everybody yeah. work environment across the board. You know, we don't have no people that walks around and walk through the system at all. Everybody used an excuse sitting up in the union hall for whatever reason. They don't want, you know, they don't want to wear the uniform. They don't have to come out and do, do, you know, do the work. But what we really need out here is people out here getting the members' confidence back. They're ta- the, uh, the membership morale is. It's like at, 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 it's very low. I totally agree. And it's they, at an all time low. They talking okay. about NYPD morale is low. This this um uh you know membership morale is low. And um you know I, I feel the same way. I think these union reps they get to these in these positions and think that they work for corporate America where everything's supposed to be nine to five and they not supposed to come out to the field. Me personally, if I'm a union rep, I don't want to see the office. Mm-hmm. I want to be in these different places whatever department I got elected for and, and run through it and see what's going on. I'm here for y'all. You know what I'm saying? People, oh, I, I, I don't want to do this past this time and, you know, this and that. And, and it's kind of it's kind of upsetting because this is a 24-7 operation. <laughs> operation. Right. And if I need your help at 435 in the morning, I don't want to call and speak to somebody that's going to give me the run around and go speak to somebody else. I need to speak to the man. Or women, you know what I mean? Whoever, whoever it may be. Of course, you know. And one thing that, and and this is one um, little side note that I want to throw in on a conversation, right? <clears throat> About discipline and the transit writing the transit writing these rules. And my cousin's gonna like that I bring this stuff up. Things like, and I know you heard this, Anthony. Conduct unbecoming, and in these operational titles. They, the things that they charge people with. Now, in buses, all right, um, a, a charge that people, 
get charged with from time to time when it comes to things is leaving the scene of an accident. Now, I have a big problem with transit charging people with leaving the scene of an accident because transit is not a body of law. Only the NYPD or whatever alphabet suit of the law can charge somebody at the end of the day with leaving the scene of an accident. If the, if you go in there for a hearing and you don't have the paper and the management does not have the paperwork in front of them that says that, and, you, and really, even if they did have the paperwork in front of them, that's not your place to charge people leaving leaving the scene of an accident. Exactly. Okay. You so you can't go up. So you can't. So even though something may be in your rule book or in your man, or even if it, I don't think it's in the manual, but you, you can't take it upon yourself and go above the law and write something like that. Exactly. Okay. Uh, because the same thing with conduct unbecoming. They hit so many people with conduct unbecoming, but that terminology is just too broad. It is a broad uh, terminology. Uh, and and there's other agency that that uses it as well. The police department. Oh, and so forth everybody everybody uses that. Yeah. Everybody uses it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a, a reference to conduct of becoming of a, of a transit worker, as as they proclaim. So, but my question is, what is supposed to be the conduct of a, of a transit? What worker? is the conduct of a transit worker? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're you're labeling it. What is your? You know, you're you're basically saying to me. To uh, whatever your standards are when uh, of being a transit worker, right? That's an individual thought, though. Exactly, that's yours. You know, exactly I, because his style of being a transit worker may be different from my style exactly. of being a transit worker. Exactly. You know, so you know, so basically, that's what I mean. Let's say, um, all you know, some of these rules and stuff that they that they hit people with, it's like you know, that's um, they're going they're going above and beyond. You know, I mean, and, the, and then the thing is also with buses, real quick, is that it's always a it's always a blame game. Mm -hmm. Okay, now when people get into accidents and fatalities, why doesn't the union think to bring up the maintenance record of these buses? Because guess what, these buses aren't perfect out here, and I'll tell I'll tell everybody and that people know that. People ride them if they honestly knew. Mm -hmm. The only ones that are in the best shape are the new ones, and even some of those get roll calls. So the thing is, why don't they bring? Hit, you got to hit management because you're talking about federal law, right? Federal law when it comes to the maintenance record of a bus that was involved in a fatality or an accident. So you, you never you, you never hear it come up. It could be, it could have been like they could have pulled it because they do th they they make service all the time. Which is BS because they're falsifying documents saying that this bus is okay for service when it's not. And whenever you falsify a document, that becomes illegal. Exactly. It is illegal. It becomes illegal. <laughs> yeah. It is illegal. But yeah. I, I, I want to touch on what you said as far as leaving um, the scene of a crime. That's morally wrong, especially being a professional. Well, right. And, 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 and no matter what transit say, um, NYPD go arrest you, period. You leave, you leave the scene of a crime and... You just shouldn't do that. So if you do something out here and you leave the scene of a crime, you deserve to be arrested. Right, you deserve to be arrested. But what I'm trying to say is that there's so many, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a major thing, a major fatality or a major, or a major accident to where the, the where the management pits people with leaving the scene of an accident, not a crime, an accident. No, but you shouldn't leave the scene of an accident. Period. You know, you it's shouldn't. against it's against the law. I know that you shouldn't. But what I'm what I'm just trying to tell you is there's other there's there's so many instances like um, 
there are instances where people get hit for leaving the scene of an accident where somebody calls up later and claim that their that their door was dented or whatever by you know something stupid no, like no, that. But, you, but, but if but if you don't have knowledge of it, again, my thing is this. You shouldn't do it. It's illegal, of course. But again, my thing is transit is not a body of law to charge somebody with that. That is the NYPD's job to do that. See, I don't think they 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 don't charge what they do. It, it, it's like a charge, but it's it's a it's a um I won't say I would say charge, but it's not it's not. But they got to answer the labor relations behind it. Yeah, of course, because it's an infraction. It's it's a job infraction, so you must. And just like in the street, you got up till seven days or three to seven days if somebody do something to your car out there yeah you got three to seven days to make a police report you do yeah you don't got you right. you could see it there right now but like you know what i call the police four days from now and legally you could do that the with the 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 onus is on the person who did it they supposed to stay there or if not stay there leave my information and right. say look i did this to your car and this is that because you got kids so imagine a bus driver just tap your car Nothing major, and, and take off. You gonna be like, yo, man, how he go do this? I have my kids in the car. This could have happened. You ain't go care. You go tell transit to handle their business. <laughs> you go tell them to handle their business, and and that's how you got to look at it. We professionals, we adults. You make a mistake, you stand up like a man. But there's um, one thing that they they do, and they use like past presidents as the rationale for doing the, th the things that they do. Right. We've been doing it all this time. We're going to continue to do it, okay, until you started holding them accountable and, and saying that you're no longer going to accept that and say why certain issues that they, they've been doing over the years, that's the only time that they'll, stand, they'll start to start paying attention to you. As long as you don't say anything about it and you, they've been getting away with it for years, they're not going to change that. That's that's the culture that's down there. You, you're talking about changing the culture, the mentality of discipline down here. It has been, it has over the years gotten to the point where it's more like when you being disciplined, you automatically and, and and you use the law as an example just a minute ago. Uh, is is it's the opposite here. You guilty till you prove it. You got to prove yourself. <laughs> Exactly. You got to prove yourself innocent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's when it comes in. You got to have sharp people. People know what they're talking about and take them and, and, and challenge them on that because it shouldn't be that way because your own manual states that the onus of approving a case is on you. So It's on, it's on management. Right. It's, it's on, on management. management. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so why does, where did we get it confused where I have to prove myself innocent? And the manual was saying something different. Well, just people start, just, you know, if you're picking the wrong people to represent you. Those that are, you see, you got to look at it like this here. You pick your representative from amongst your workforce. So you already described your workforce. Yeah. Then you're looking at management, mostly college grads and, and, and people of that nature. And they got a mindset. And they're going to see, can you get them to understand and get it in your interpretation is very important that's the bottom line the interpretation and you're letting them know this is what we're going with here no that's not what you're what you're trying to interpret um i did a few i did a few cases before against ta lawyers and i and i learned and found out like 
the easiest that you can win cases. Everybody sit there and say these guys are tough. No, it's not. See, most of them sit there in the office and they do a brief. They type up a nice professional looking brief to present to a judge or an administrative <laughs> judge. And he never went out there on the road and did no investigation at all. See, but like with me, I'm going to look through every nook and cranny because I don't want to walk in there and you call already as soon as I walk in the door, you already got a perception of me. Oh, dummy. Yeah, nah. exactly. When I start to get in you, when I get finished with you, they're going to say, listen, don't let him come back in here no more. So how important do you think is education? It's very important. It's very important. Because that's, you know, I got attacked behind, you know, saying that education is important and some people don't think education is important because I did research and I looked at the board of directors that's on the MTA board. Mm -hmm. These people got doctorates. Yeah. They they all types of master degrees. Of course. And all and these are the people that we have to negotiate with. This this is them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then like you brung up management, some of management is educated also. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? People don't understand what school does. I'm not saying that school is everything, but one thing school teaches you is how to critically think. You'd be surprised how many people cannot critically think. You know, I took a class in critical thinking, but I took it with a good friend of mine, so he's an attorney, uh, Ultimatics. Oh, well, really? Yeah, me and me and him are good <laughs> okay. friends, matter of fact. Okay. And I took a critical thinking class with him, and, and I learned a lot from it. He, he, we got an old saying where we said we always knocking on the wrong doors and asking the wrong questions. That's what we do as a people. We knock on the wrong doors and we ask the wrong questions. And that's why we don't get what we want, basically. Because we're always going where we're, not, we're, we're, we're putting the questions to the wrong people. And they're not going to tell you where to go at. You have to learn on your own. That's right. So it, it, it's a process. It's, it's, a, it's a process to go through, man. And I'm telling you, I've been beat down many a times, man, like working within this system and learning. And that's why a lot of people talk this garbage, oh, he's arrogant, this and this and that. That's just key words to, start to try to say, listen, just stay away because we don't want to be bothered with him. Okay? You, you, you get accused of being arrogant? Yeah. I, I don't get that. <laughs> I, I, actually, I get the uh, accused of being arrogant also. <laughs> so we probably just negating each other arrogance right now. <laughs> I had an um, assistant chief station officer came down to a crew room and told a bunch of cleaners, don't call Anthony Staley anytime you have a problem. And, uh, and he told them because he's not a team player. Now, I went to the union. I said, look. Such and such went down to the crew room and told these cleaners not to call me because I'm not a team player. Wow. Okay, what does that mean? You know, in other words, I listen. <laughs> I came up through an era of of the civil rights era, and I understood what it took for us to fight to get to where we are, and I understand that. So uh, I'm a very strong man. My father taught me well, and I I'm if. I see I'm entitled to something, I'm going for that. You're not just going to tell me a little story and brush me off and throw me to the side. You know, um, from the days, uh, when I first started even doing hearings, right? Um, matter of fact, let me just tell you this. I, my days of doing hearings down at 1.30. Uh, my first couple of days, um, 
I was sitting there and doing step ones, and, and, and the guy was just signing off on it and just kept saying, you know, everybody was guilty. So one day we had, we was, uh, just came back from lunch, and we sitting there, and he went back into the, and I got mad, and I stood up, and I threw, I threw the case down that was in my hand. I said, I'm not doing this no more. I said, I'm not going to sign my name to nail one of these cases that can possibly lead to somebody getting fired. Can't everybody be guilty? So I do case, and just so having a TA lawyer was walking past the room, and he stopped and looked in there, and then he called me out there. He said, uh, what's the problem? I said, listen, this is impossible. Can't everybody be guilty? This is crazy. I'm not, I'm not signing my name on it. So he said to me, he says, okay, Mr. Steele, I'll tell you what. You go home, you read the contract and the rule book, and if you come in here and you can explain to me and give me a reason for why I shouldn't bang your member, I'll give you what you want. Guess what? <laughs> Two days later, I had no problem. I went in there and I was, I, was, I was looking at my calendar for the previous day, getting ready for the following day. The, the, the head, the lawyer that was in the department was telling the, the, the uh, hearing officer that was doing their step twos and everything. Uh, who's doing step twos tomorrow? They said, uh, whoever it was. And then they said, who's doing step twos for the union? They said, Staley. And he would turn around and tell the hearing officer, you better have your stuff together because if Staley come in here and he's right, he, and I'm gonna get, he's going to get what he want. And that's what started it all. And that what made me start really, really getting into the books and finding out all the things that we were entitled to as workers that I saw that the union just wasn't doing, you know, not investigating certain cases, you know. A friend, a friend of mine just recently called me. He said, uh, oh, Staley, they got me going for a step two that's two years old. Mm. And somebody posted up on the page when he put it up on, on my page, right? He called me as well. But he put it up on my page, and, and somebody put up on there, unfortunately, they could do that. But you got the book in front of you. They can't. They can't do that. They can't. But it's over the years of these so-called people that's representing you, not reading, not educating themselves, and letting you, you know, and in a way, it's like, uh, it's like throwing, it is like throwing somebody up under the bus constantly, your members, because your members are losing money, and remember, they got families, their families, you know, you come out with a short paycheck, you don't know what you can and can't pay because of that money yeah. that's just been taken out of your paycheck. So that's very important, and nobody ever challenged the integrity of the labor, labor relations department. That's true. And I, I, do they have a manual also that they go by? That's that's a disciplinary manual? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to, because I know they got some kind of uh, manual that has the codes of infractions also. Yeah, um, they, they, basically that has the, has the codes and infractions, but it doesn't speak as far as penalties and so forth. Okay. Um, I'm just uh, I, I just want to touch on an issue. Um, uh, recently, even though they have these classes on sensitivity and so forth, uh, there was incidents where um, a supervisor in a room full of uh, interns and, and cleaners, and also uh, the, one of the supervisors was a woman of color made a racist remark. And in that, in that, when that incident happened, me and that supervisor went at it. And after I reported it, right, the superintendent also uh, was, uh, uh, you know, um, she was white. Okay. 
And she, uh, she kept blocking it from me going to EEO with it. I ended up having to write a letter to the president of transit, and he ordered them to EEO to, to investigate the case. Of course, eventually, superintendent, she left because of, uh, of, of the incident. And then, of course, the person that made that, they moving them around here and yeah, doing yeah. what they do. But I, 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 t I, took a big, I took a big hit on that because I actually HOS me for, no, for something, wrote me up on 19 fraudulent charges, 19 charges. Now, the rule book says you can't even write nobody up for no 19 charges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they did. But they did. I'll, I'll show, I have no problem showing it to you. Yeah, no. My disconnect. And I was only uh, suspended for like, I think, what, three hours, I think? <laughs> they came and got me at three. I get off at five. And the next morning I came in, I got my badge of pass back. But the, it, the, the, that issue is still, is still, I'm still fighting that oh, issue wow. tonight. So as, um, as shop stewards, can we represent people at Two Broadway? Yes, you can. Shop stewards can, yes. See, this union, I, and I wanted to pull, I wanted to bring it to you, um, the issue on representation. Uh, a member, as long as you're a member of Local 100, you allow, you could pick who you want to represent you. Oh, wow. Yeah. The union be telling you in this government about, oh, you got to sign this paper that you won't, you don't can't sign. No, how are you going to tell me as a member, I got to waive my rights as a, uh, as a member of the union, and I'm representing a, uh, a union, I mean a member. The thing is, is that you got people in there that don't know what they're doing. Just even recently, another case I just did, did, had to deal with. Uh, 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 individual use TA stationary. Now your own union be telling you put it on a G two, but that's not union paper. What are you talking about? Put it on G two. That's management paper. That's yeah. marriage, management correspondence. Yeah. And and as you see, there's a rule in there that says at any given time, management find out that anything they can still press charges on you. Yeah. Right. That rule should be removed because you're talking about discipline here. I, I know laws such as robbery and so forth that got a statute of limitation on it. You're trying to say, in, with that rule there, that at any given time you any find out. Time. So only thing I find that has no st statute of limitation is murder or kidnap. Yeah. And this is not law, law. This is discipline. And you're allowing this to happen. Yeah. And nobody challenged that yet. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like it falls up under the conduct thing. <laughs> conduct I'm becoming <laughs> Yeah, and I, and that and that and a lot of members like even though they says, um, I was listening to Joe last week when he said um, uh, a lot of stuff comes off uh, your record in three years, right? And my thing is this: it should be totally removed off your record. I don't care if it, it, when the time is up, it should be totally moved off. Removed. I, to I totally agree. Because I tell you why, I did an arbitration case. And one, um, the so-called hearing officer walked in there with the person's Dan and stuck it in front of arbitrators, uh, uh, and said in front of the arbitrator. So the arbitrator could, now the arbitrator don't know our contract, don't know our rules and regulation. He's an arbitrator. Well, I'm just here to arbitrate this case here. So you're already putting in his mind that this person is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a bad a worker, period. Because you're sticking, unless that representative is there to say, listen, let me tell you about this before we even start this case. And that's where it's supposed to start at. Before we start this case, let me explain this here. So you can't prejudice this worker here because of some past stuff that's not supposed to count. You see, they don't do that. 
Another important thing, when you get written up, a lot of times they put, put you up for dismissal. That you should not walk into a hearing worried about your job hanging, being, being on the line. But it's a, it's a fair tactic. Yeah, it, it is a fair tactic, but it's not fair either because your rep, if he's smart, the first thing he's going to look at and see if you deserve a dismissal. First, he's going to look at your record and then go in there and say, no, we're going to put the, the correct penalty on it before we even go into formal charges. Now, let me ask you something about that correct penalty. Why isn't infractions, list, just like the law, Mm-hmm. If you uh, rob somebody, you know that you go be getting this amount of time versus this amount of time. Right. Like I tell people, transit the way transit works down here, it seems, if I jump the turnstile as a civilian, just, let's just picture this is how the law works. You jump the turnstile as a civilian, you get arrested, you don't know if you go get a fine or 10 years in jail. That's what it seemed like you walking down there when you go to 2 Broadway. Your first, your first offense, you're looking at, at ban. Right. Life. No, it's no, like it's... life in jail, your, your first offense. Right. Now, I, I seen something in the discipline ma- manual that mentioned something about five to seven years. That's for, that's for insubordination, major charges. Major charges. Major charges. And what, what does major charges consist of? If... Insubordination, stealing, things of that nature. There's a track called time and attendance. There's safety violations, and then there's what they call other violations. That's what they have, but... I, I wanted, I, that, and that's why I brought a contract with me. I wanted to uh, let you get a chance to see that um, what it, how how it go as far as the progression and discipline. But um, some of it relates to like certain sections, such as those that drive garbage trucks and stuff. You know, safety sensitive. Yeah, right. They require CDL. Yeah. Right. And then it's time and attendance and job performances mainly with cleaners and clerks. You know, one of the things that I don't agree what they do with the clerks, right, is the fact that they the the um the way they deal with uh customer complaints. You know, the customer is always right and all this and, and it, even when it comes to cleaners. Because even the, even now and then we get caught up in that too. I, there was a situation where a customer claimed a cleaner uh, struck up with a with a um, with one of the gray bins that they pull garbage on, mm-hmm. and uh, the police was called. The police felt that it wasn't nothing serious and didn't arrest nobody. But transit came in and took this woman out of service, man, and and she almost had to fight for well almost four or five weeks to get her pay back. And and she, and she was she was she was not guilty. See that and now that's what you was talking about. Right, that's no, what I was no, talking about. No, no, but now that that's different now, as far as like if you've been exonerated, and and not help not the law exonerates you. Right. Transit should exonerate everything exactly. also. They right. should not discipline you. Yeah, the police even said that they, he, he the police officer said I don't think this merit any anything further. You know, I I, I say this. I challenged the public in December, December 23rd to be exact. Say every transit worker you've seen did something to you so they could take all of us out of service. And let's see how fast that changed. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they crazy with this, with this quick, like Jamel says, they pull us out of service, but we can't get days off because of the needs, needs, needs of the service. Exactly. But you quick to discipline us and you off your train. And you're quick to and and they're quick to constantly trim service and constantly keep it to a minimum and cut service. Exactly. That's that's my thing. So you you know and, and then another uh, another thing, 
right that I see that I've seen and and and, and I have a big question to see I don't know if you have an answer to it but why does labor relations have so much power you 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 give them the power y'all give it to them not y'all he, but he, he pointing fingers another another guy out here pointing fingers y'all <laughs> <laughs> no, let me let me rephrase that. Let me put it a little better than that. Um, it, it's basically is is the fear factor that they they impose on people, you know. And if your union reps are the ones that 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 first encounter it. Now, if your union rep is scared, then what you think your member is going to be scared? <laughs> okay, that's all I gotta say. Then. Right. See, if you if you going in there, and I mean, you got you, when you walk in there, you walk in there like you know what you're talking about. You ready to go? Okay. Sometimes I feel like this here. To be to be perfectly honest, I I would. It was up to me. A lot of cases, I would go right to arbitration immediately with it. I would go right to arbitration immediately, because a lot of this stuff is 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 not they're not prepared. You know, even though the manual emphasized to make sure you write concise charges and make sure you write 100% and all that. A lot of them still make mistakes. Remember, they came up through the same ranks, ranks yeah. themselves. Yeah. Right. So a lot of them make mistakes on their right. And it'd be, it be the blind leading the blind. Exactly. As, as so Jamel said. It's like you got two dysfunctional entities fighting amongst each other. <laughs> you know? Chaos. Yeah. You got the, the union on one side and, and the management on the other side. So let me ask you this. Could you request arbitration Quick, or you have to go through the steps to get the no, arbitration. Yeah, they 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 not go, yeah they gonna wanna you know yeah. But see, and 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 that's iffy. I, I see now. I if I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it because it would like be putting my strategy out there. What I do when I walk in there and I'm yeah. doing something. Yeah. But um, it, it's it's like you got to think like you're an attorney. Bottom line. You're an attorney, okay? You're going in there, and you're going to make whatever you want happen. You're going to paint this picture. The same way when you're sitting in the courtroom and you're sitting and testifying, you want to paint this picture before the judge and let them see it your way. This is what it is, right? And that's how you have to, that's how you have to deal with I it. I totally agree. When they don't agree with you, guess what? You, you got an option. We're either going to adjourn this and you go back to your drawing board and you put, your, put whatever you need to put back together to come back at them and you do what you do. Or, you know, and, 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 and one of the most um, important things is the member. The member in a, in, a, in a day in history. You always got to keep that in mind. Now, you know, if, if a guy like got out there, he done did... He done did 90 days and, and he got a he got a final warning and all this craziness. You gotta you gotta work within it within what you're given. Mm -hmm. But I don't like the fact that a lot of times, you know, guys will come up to you and, and, and just hand you a case and say, here, do this case. And guys run in there and just do the case. That's not right. That's not fair to the member. You know, at the very least, if, especially if it's step one, go in there and get an adjournment. And then work on find out what you going what you doing what you doing here. Yeah. Here, here you sitting here signing off on discipline for somebody, whether it's a mother with kids or whatever, or a father with a family that has to take care. When you lose, if this person loses job or lose money, period, out of you, you part of that response, part of that responsibility is on you. 
Yeah. So my thing is, is that just don't let somebody just throw a case in your hand and you run in there and you just sit down there and let TA dictate everything, say, oh, we charge you with such and such and such and such, and you run off everything and you just sit there and say, okay. And, and say, no, no. Let me ask you, do you get, let's say you take these, the hearings through the different steps, do you lose three hours each time you go? As far as if you, let's say the second step, you accept whatever it is. Is it three and three? Uh, yeah, whatever time it is, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. every time you off, off, off your job, doing what you're supposed to do, yeah. And then also, you know, what people need to understand is that um, arbitration, as far as the discipline, is not the end. You can always go to an out. You could always go to a court in and in in an outside court, right? Still? Yeah, yeah. You could always go to an outside court because it, people think that it ends with man, with management, but no, it doesn't end with management. Okay, if you don't like what the arbitrator says, you could always go to an outside court, but they don't. But again, for whatever reason, the union doesn't want you to know that. Right. Even though, like a lot of. Um a lot of times they tell you that, uh, oh, the union don't have to let you um, bring in your own attorney. Well, it's half, that's a half truth, and I'll tell you why. At step one, you can't bring in your lawyer. And it says that. Two. It says right. that in the discipline manual. Right. Yeah, but at that. step three, you allow the attorney. Now, the only thing that you got to do when you got to bring your, you got to bring them up to speed real quick because you at arbitration now, and this is a one shot deal. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to bring your attorney up to speed on what's going on with this case. Right. So he can be prepared and he know, you know, he know exactly what to do. Exactly. You know, and, and it's like, it's just real pathetic um, what they do, you know, what they do as far as the members and what, um, you know, just not educating and then, you know, they just choose not to educate themselves on, you know, how to really, you know, but basically they just make, they, they play, they play, let's make a deal. Exactly. They already, yeah. they already know what's going to happen when you walk in there, but you think they're going to go in there and fight your case for you, but they're not going to fight. They're not going to do anything. Okay. And another thing that pe um, the members need to understand <laughs> is when you feel that you are not represented properly. You can bring the union up on charges. All yeah. you got to do is go down to 26 Federal Plaza, okay? Mm -hmm. You can bring them up on charges, and you have a six months window before, after six months, then you, the statute of limitation runs out. Right. Okay? Right. But um, that's, um, and, and that's the thing, we're, especially in my department, Station's department, is because of what, how they treat the cleaners and how they, um, uh, treat the uh, station agents and that what makes me fight so hard about it because it's just not we, we're grown people here but they have this you know when I see a grown person talking about oh I'm scared of superintendent so-and-so come on really you're grown you know that's why I never listen to people that be talking this garbage while I'm gonna get you your respect no you get your own respect mm -hmm. by letting them know you know just enough to keep them off your back and when it becomes a union issue then you call you got and, and they got to have the confidence to call the union too now that's another thing you don't want no union rep coming down and talking about well i think this you know agreeing with management oh they trust me they got the confidence to call a union nowadays <laughs> <laughs> they got they got the confidence yeah, to call a union know, nowadays you don't want nobody agreeing with management because oh come on you stand there looking like for real you said you, you just you heard what you just said I mean, you know? it happened at Stillwell. 
Yeah. Like, like, come on, how, how can you? How, uh, that bothers me big time. Like, well, it happens every. It happens every day throughout the system in it, different departments. It, it bothers me. Now you mentioned um station station agents. Mm-hmm. What you think about this new thing that they're about to have them doing? Where you, they go put you outside with a nice little device, and you can leave your, the fishbowl and go out there with the customers and and you know give them directions and things like that. Right. How you, yeah. Um, let me just say this, cause I'm gonna go with a little bit of history. When I came on this job, there was like five thousand, almost fifty five hundred clerks on this job, and right now they're down to almost like twenty nine hundred. Now. I say that to say this. In our department, they always outnumber the cleaners. So because of, the, of them outnumbering the cleaners, every time it was election time, the VP was always a station agent. And I said this, and, I, and I, I, let me emphasize something here. All you station agents that know, know me, I still got love for you. It ain't nothing. I'm not trying to insult nobody here, but I'm just saying the facts. Over the years, their own people are the ones that have been signing off. When they, who signs off on the job when they, when, 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 they, when they came in with the MetroCard machines? Station agents lost did some jobs. When station agents was getting hit with counterfeit money charge, they're not trained to detect counterfeit money, but the union were letting them get hit with it, and they were taking it out of their pay. Nobody stood up for, for, for that. That was totally wrong. Now they got the station agent of the future thing coming out. That's what they call it. <laughs> and, and, and what they don't realize is what's really coming down the line as this, as this new fear uh, system they're getting ready to put in as well. Because their thing is that they don't need the amount of clerks that they got. So you're looking at a possibility of, uh, of uh, somewhere down the line layoffs again. And, uh, and and these people that sit there and management see that to see that mentality you just keep putting this in there there are people um, and, and because they're your friends but the bottom line is this when when it's all said and done or is your friend gonna save your job do your friend know what it takes to do to save your job right all right because <clears throat> Uh, that station agent thing uh, of the future is like it's slowly going to be look like it's starting to phase in a lot quicker than, the, than some of the people claim, quote-unquote. It's coming into effect a lot quicker. And I'm saying, like, maybe in the next year to two years, it's going to be a different. I just ha- I have a problem with, like, there was, like, there was a group of uh, station agents that ran in a, in a le- recent election, and they said uh, uh, they were scared, giving them scare tickets, talking about, oh, you're going to be doing snow duty. Yeah, I, got, I heard snow duty, cleaning, all types of crazy. But wait a minute, my point is that you got eighteen hundred cleaners. That how, how they gonna push y'all out here to do <laughs> any kind of, you know? But it was just a scare tactic. It was just something that was thrown out there, and and technically, I think you know uh, a lot of a lot of it can be for it. A lot of it can, but it's got to be uh, the people in your union got to fight it. Right, they have to fight it. Them are the ones that got to fight it. But I didn't. When you took this job, that wasn't in my job description. You know, nobody said that. And then, if 
if and if the union was smart, okay, we got to draw a line here where we're going to start with the so-called station agent of the future and these regular station agents until they just phase out, you know, and retire or whatever, and, and, and we just do that. But we just can't just all of a sudden just across the board just say, oh, all of y'all are station agent of the future. You know, that's, that's not what a union's supposed to do. A union's supposed to protect its members. And that's where, we, where in this case, where they're fail, failing at. Right. Now, now, the same thing, you know, what I want to ask you, how did you feel when those station agents were the first line of people to get laid off under Jay Walder back in 2009 or 10, whatever, whatever year it was? How did, you, how, how did you feel about that? And what do you feel that the union could have, that, the, that this administration could have done to prevent those layoffs? Okay. Now, you know, um, you know, there's, there's these tactics that I, I, I always say that people do. You know, either you're going to step up and be a man or you're going to fade into the background and be the little kid that you are, the little boy that you are. The bottom line is this. What they could have done is took a TA to court and asked them to prove to them that they had to lay them people off, which would have meant what? Them showing their books. Right. Okay. There you go. Maybe they might. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, there you go. So th that's one of the fights that that, that was at your at access for you. And besides, you like I said again, you got union lawyers, Arthur Swartz and these cats, they're making bundles of money off of our sweat. And yet and still, we're not getting the services that we should. Where even when members have to come down to go arbitration, the union's supposed to provide them with a lawyer. I got a member now calling me right now. Uh, she's going for arbitration. I think Monday or Tuesday next week. She, but she's trying to talk to the attorney, and the attorney is like blowing her off right now. And so she's not going to see the attorney to the day of. How are you preparing on the day of? We getting ready to walk in. You getting ready, you, you're just going to breeze over it. How efficient you going to be just breezing over my case and war? I'm not, and this is arbitration. Now, I want you to say that again. They, they, make, they make a whole bunch of money off of your what? Off the sweaters of the members of this union. Well, what do that remind you of? Oh, man. You just, Let's you, talk about yeah. it. We're here to talk about it. What does it remind oh, you yeah, of? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we all know what that reminds it's, me it's, of. It's, it's modern day slavery. That's right. That's right. That's exactly it. And, and I, I noticed somebody posted on my page a couple of, uh, about a week ago, uh, he posted a list of problems that he was having in a cleaner. Uh, uh, and uh, he says, um, one of his things was, is are we treated the way we are because of the color of the, work, the workforce? Without a doubt. And one person put up there, no. And what was that, what, what was that person nationality? <laughs> Um, well, if it was, I'm looking at his name, and I'm sure the person was Weiss because his name was Weiss, W-E, something like that. I guess the, the person that put that the, the comment up there. Okay. But um, but no, nah, if you if see people gotta understand, okay, and this is you know and this is from the heart. Until we understand this as a people, then we'll probably evolve and come and understand this fight. See, this struggle is from the cradle to the grave. Mm -hmm. As long as there's black and white on this earth, you're going to have racism. Yeah. So no, no matter how they try to cover it up, they sit it over in the corner 
for, for, for a certain length of time and all of a sudden that day come when they come out and call you that N-word again mm -hmm. and like you be like all surprised. No, it never left anywhere. They, well, one thing, one thing I give them credit on is that they don't call us the N-word. They yeah. do it other type of ways as far as like what they doing with the cleaners. Yeah. Yeah. Institutional racism. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they found they exactly. always, using they, the word thug. Exactly. They, yeah, yeah. Which was an insult. Big right. insult. And 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 I think he should have been more boisterous when it said it. When he said it, because it, it, it was a derogatory comment directed at people of color, and that's the terminology when they use it. That what it, that's what it's meant. And you know, it's crazy. At us, exactly. I had got into a, a debate with a Caucasian man in MTA and he told me that Bloomberg didn't use it. I mean, well, he didn't know what he would he didn't know what he was saying. He didn't know he what he's it. saying when he used the word. Oh, come on, please. Come but on, but this this is this is <laughs> this is dumb. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I'm here to be raw. There's there's racism here no matter which way you you stack it up. It's race is the the policies here, the discipline. You over here in NYPD getting disciplined like us and they killing people. Exactly. They exactly. killing people. Exactly, and people sit around and they don't realize a lot of this in these various states of these police shootings is the direct uh, 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 message to us. Then you know we don't care if we got a black president. You know we'll still that's their mentality. That's how they think. Yeah, yeah. we'll still defy this to have our way. I mean, even and, if you want to look at it in, in in a different way and say, "Oh, this country is a racist." Look at them people in Oregon. They threatened to kill the police, those whole bunch of white people out there, say, y'all not going to take our land. Mm -hmm. We go kill for this. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they are fully armed, but we can't go down the street and march without, <laughs> back in the days, dogs being sicked on us, fire hoses being drawn on us, right. exactly. us being hanged. Racism, racism is woven into the fabric of this society. Basically. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, I commend... Uh, the Jewish faith because they treat they teach their people from the beginning the struggle from the from the cradle to the grave is from the cradle to the grave and that's the perception that we should have as well when it comes to us yeah and that's yeah. why and that's why I can't figure out when on Facebook we get these debates all the time and people say that uh, the strike you know when they when they when they speak about Toussaint Roger Toussaint that the strike was unnecessary and that he sold the union out to sold the builder. Again, the same stupid rhetoric. Mm -hmm. But my thing is when I when I see that from African Americans, right? Those, you know, in particular, it lets me know that they don't understand. But mm -hmm. the struggle because it was a struggle. Okay? Um the people who walked the picket line with us, Charles Barron at the time, Reverend Al Sharpton, um uh, Jesse Jackson, you can go on and on. They saw that they wouldn't be there if it wasn't if it if it, if it was just a strike and it's like okay, but they saw that aspect of it because this is how the MTA was treating us back then and they still are treating, um, you know, every everybody on this job like this with this discipline and everything. So it lets me you know for Bloomberg to call us thugs, and y'all and 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 for people in the rank and file of the membership to take it lightly. It lets you know that there's a problem. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just want to point out the difference. Um, uh, and um, during the time I was doing hearings, I was never elected. I was uh, uh, given a job because I had broke my foot on the job, and 
I couldn't wear a TA boot, and it was past a year. So a friend of mine that was, uh, well, he's the president of Nubian Society, and I'm the, I'm the chairman of Nubian Society, which is a, a fraternal organization in transit. And um, he asked me if I wanted to do hearings, so that's how I got in there. But even though I wasn't part of the administration, I mean, elected to the administration, this would happen the year Giuliani was in there and Roger had threatened a strike, right? Uh, they served everybody, including me. I came home one day and uh, my wife came to met me at the door and hand me this thick book and said, listen, some process server came here and gave, uh, that's what the year they say we couldn't say the word strike. They served me a thick what? Uh, yeah, and, and my wife didn't, and you know, and, and I've been on the job for a while, and I'm working. So this process server came and gave her this here, and as soon as I'm walking through, she said, "Some guy just came in and gave this," and I'm I'm looking through it, and it was this rhetoric that Giuliani was running his mouth about at the time, talking about we couldn't even say the word strike and so forth. So that's why I said the difference between then and now. I just thought it was a little watered down because technically the whole, um, like the e-board and everybody's supposed to have went to jail. Not just Roger. Right. Oh. Everybody's Yeah, because they voted on it. Right, exactly. So we're all, all supposed to went, they, they all supposed to went to jail, not right, just because, him. Well, right, because they're all the elected officials technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I said, you know, but I, I participated in the strike more so because not of the uh, the, the administration. I'm going to be point blank on that. Not because of my, I wouldn't cross the picket line because of my coworkers and because the labor movement wouldn't permit me to cross it. But I didn't agree with the fact of they didn't prepare people in the stations department. You know, we on the job, and like I said, we all spread around, and all of a sudden the word just start filtering through. We on strike, we on strike. And like some of the people just took it out. Oh man, I, well, I'm off. And, and they just left, you know? <laughs> but there were no plan, no meet as a group here. We we went with the bus drivers at Broadway Junction, Broadway East New York. Wow. We stood out there the three days, the two, three days with them. Wow. All that time. Okay. There was no organization. And like I said, a lot of times Stacia's department is last on the totem pole. They get treated that way, even within your own union. Yes. They they treat us that way. And, wow. You know, I want to tell the African Americans this that's listening. Don't let people be don't let people make you afraid to talk about race and, and, and racism. Because everything that when you discuss race, it don't necessarily mean racism. And we cannot be racist as people because we don't belong with we we not a part of the people with the power of the money. It's the bottom line. We don't have the ability to be racist. Because we don't have the power of the money. We could talk about it. We should talk about it. It shouldn't be taboo to talk about. Okay. Exactly. But um, um, the issues that, that uh, came about afterwards, because you remember, we voted on that contract. And remember, it it lost by seven, seven votes. votes. Yeah, seven yeah. votes. And, and, and they made us vote on it again. Now, to be point blank with you, I wasn't voting no second time because I said I made my voice heard on the first one. How are you going to make me vote a second time? I thought that was inappropriate. You're not, you know, to get your way, you're going to make us vote a second time. Now, it lost by seven, then won by seven. Figure that. How you figure that? And I didn't vote on. And I didn't vote for the second time because I didn't want to hear. I thought it was going to be a mockery after that. You making a mockery of the system. You making a mockery of the union. 
you know, making your members. Your members have spoken already on the first vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you was elected, what would be some of the first things that you would handle? Uh, it's a, it's so many to handle. We know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, okay. Um. The first thing is is the easing of the di- discipline. Number one, to change the work environment, especially like people. And, and I, I I mean I don't I understand, and I fully uh, 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 understand what's going on in the other departments. And when I say what I'm, I'm about to say, I don't mean it in like like separate separating anybody, but I know the env- work environment in the stations department. You know, you got clerks in the booth scared of a superintendent and all this kind of, all of that has to stop across the board, even with your situation in Stillwell. That person that put that up should have been held accountable, whoever did it. And even if it meant that whoever the person is talking about, oh, oh yeah, we just going to put it on there, that person know who it was. Yeah, and I know property protection. They yeah. fear them. They fear, they fear. I think not, not even the superintendent, they fear the supervisor. No, see, it shouldn't <laughs> be like that. It shouldn't be like that because you know what they what they make people think that these laws and everything that's on the books to protect you on the job don't mean nothing because they just coming at you. But I noticed one thing, and and uh, I, I don't know if maybe maybe some people will start really rethinking it. I know that um, T have a tendency to say when you go into court with an issue. They have a tendency to say, well, listen, you know, if it leads to any kind of monetary award or anything, that person that, that created the situation is going to be held accountable. You know, they're you know, they going to be held accountable. Say, like, we ain't just going to pay this money out ourselves. They going to, you know, so that's something for some of the members, some of the supervision to start thinking about. Because if, they, if a member press an issue and take you to court and you are awarded money. It's coming out your check. Yeah, yeah, or your picture or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I and I think people should just start thinking of it as, listen, I'm here to do my job. Long as nobody don't kill nobody on the job or anything else, you know, or you know, and everybody do what they, then just let people just let people work. Right. Let them do their job. Huh. But I think there's a perception that because of cleaners and we got this freedom, we we, we there's this lack of of uh, accountability or responsibility, yeah. you know, because we so free, we float from here to here. So they got this mentality like, I'm going to press, I'm going to keep my foot on their neck, you know, oh, you do this, do that. Even the issue when, uh, this recent issue where pulling cleaners. Now, somebody just recently, well, had me on the phone. What is early, that? Early in the morning. What is pulling um, cleaners? I'm getting ready to tell you. All right. When a job is not covered, and they don't have nobody covering the job, so they want the stations just to get cleaned and the garbage pulled, so they pull the cleaner from one area to do, the, do that area. Okay. Okay, so the one person just had me up at 7 in the morning, no, about 6.30 in the morning, talking about, oh, yeah, um, they said they could pull the cleaner. They could pull me three times uh, in a week. I said, now, listen. We're going to end this re- right here, right quick, real quick. You got a five-day job, right? He said, yes. I said, okay, now if you doing something else three of them days, are you doing your five-day job? No. So don't let them tell you that. The most they could pull you is two times, two, period, or else they're violating, violating your pick rights now. 
that you pick a job for five days. Yeah. You better do them at least three of them, but the union let them do what they do. So, so that's that's kind of interesting. Is, do do that only apply to your department? I guess in other departments, if if you if you got to pick job for five days, and you're not doing your five days, you're doing something other than your five days. Three of them days. Yeah. You're not doing the job you pick. Is that in the contract or like where can the people find that type of literature? Okay. Um, okay. As far as the um, part about um, about your pick rights, that's in, in, in the contract. Now about pulling, it's been it's been um, like say, and that's and I and I'm I'm glad you sort of mentioned that because maybe it's about time that somebody um, well you know either put in into uh, uh, into writing exactly what it is and the union need to step up to do that yeah you know ha have them in, uh, put it in writing that but it's 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 not you're not doing your five-day job if you're being pulled three of the days you're doing something else that's not your job then yeah no you might as well be extra right now i've been hearing i spoke to a couple of cleaners car cleaners on the phone um over this over this past week and so they tell me about um how a lot of I've I've heard that in in, in the recent pick mm -hmm. for um, cleaners and car cleaners that a lot of senior cleaners are going to the barns and they're getting away from the terminals because the manage because the management in the terminals are getting rogue with putting their hands on the cleaners and basically cracking a whip on the cleaners and you know you know what do you feel about that how do you feel about these these things that's going on okay um. <clears throat> I know um, now where, when it comes to um, station supervision, they now can go over to, since they're part of, of stations now, car cleaners, station um, supervision can go over and work in car cleaners now. In the barn, I mean, not the barn, but to the, to the, uh, the stations where uh, the car cleaners are at. And, and I think there's be a conf there, there going to be conflict there due to the fact that station supervisors don't know their policy, okay? And, and they had to be brought up to speed on on, on, their, on their policy, and I think that's where the problem lies. I I recently talked with a, a supervisor at a terminal, and she was from uh, stations, and she was telling me about the differences that that's you know the difference over there between here. So I think that's what probably is the the issue that they're talking about. Okay. Um, I I had a car cleaner post something on my page, but she wasn't. Uh, uh, but like she didn't explain everything, so I couldn't get the real gist of what what's going on. But she was talking about, you know, and and then she, of course she sent me some after she heard I was going to be on the radio. So she said, "Mr. Stelly, make sure you speak up for the cleaners." What's her name? Uh, let me let me, let me see if it's I go. It's not Audrey Chapman, is it? Chapman, is it Chapman? I mean, let me see. Wait, where she work? I'm trying. To, I, I I I get so much stuff, man. And trying to you know remember. it's crazy. I'm I'm starting to get a lot of phone calls and <laughs> and DMs with people with people with their problems. Now look, why why you looking for that? I want I, we go ask every um guest that come here until it happens. It's gonna be a showdown between Roger Toussaint and Steve Downs. <laughs> April twenty first. <laughs> April 21st, people. Oh, man. That's going to be crazy. What do you think about that? 
I think it's very it's gonna be very interesting. I'm gonna be point blank. I don't like Steve Downs. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't respect him. Oh wow. I have nothing because I sit there and I watch the game that he plays with people, how he tries little games and 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 I just say, listen, be man enough. See, because I, I always point blank, I always had this mentality when I had something to say, I'm gonna say it. You know, um, I, I, I use this analogy. I do grown-up talk. You do grown-up talk, you gonna get grown-up answers. Mm -hmm. Long as you play around with it, that problem gonna still linger and linger and linger. You're letting it happen. Just go straight to the point. Call it what it is, and then you can fix it. You know what to do. Yeah. But um, certain things that Downs did, as far as conductors were, you know, messing with, changing on the, uh, 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 they pick, uh, I had some guys that I, I used to talk to when I was um, on, um, on 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 um, back down on uh, what you call it where the Barclay Center when it was um, when they were doing the Barclay Center. Okay. Or the guys on that line they were talking about how they was changing up the picks or something like that. They was too agree in agreement with it. And and and, and then like I said I was there one time for and Roger told Jones he didn't like him either. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we may need security then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But I'm telling well, you, there, there used to be some bitter, bitter fights up in the union. So world. it may, it may get, it may get nasty that night. Yeah, I mean, when when new directions, and that's the only thing that hurt, hurt that bothered me when it came to new directions, man. Because once Roger got in power, they just destroyed. He just destroyed them, man. Took them apart after that. But they, they, they I mean, they, they were, they were um, people of principle. And, and, and they stood on principle, and I respected that. Um, the same people took care of Roger when the two years he were, uh, uh, he was. Uh, two years he was fired. Yeah, he was fired. Okay. You know, um, they took up collections and took care of him. So I, 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 I know that um, uh, New Directions, uh, 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 there, was, there, there were strong characters in it, and then, then there was those that were just, we there for the ride. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Downs, he just was in there for, for the ride. <laughs> oh, okay. We, we, we got to find somebody who actually liked this guy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't wait because I don't know him. I never met him, never seen him. At least I, I think I didn't. But I, I, I can't wait for April 21st. Yeah. Because Tucson actually wanted a two against one. He wanted him against Steve Downs and Nick Bedell. And Nick, I don't know. And Nick Bedell. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. He said right. he, he said Steve gonna need Nick. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Nick is pretty. He's cool with me. I'm gonna put it like this. I was in his in his class one day, and uh, and I, I sort of laugh at him in a way too. I'm gonna just I'm gonna explain why. I was in his class one day, and you we were uh, he was teaching the class. So I said, he told me to sit in, and I'm sitting in on the class, shop steward class, and um, the subject came up about um, how many days do you have to write a G2? <laughs> 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 it, it came up, right? So I'm sitting here and I'm listening to all these two guys. Um, 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 one guy from RTO, um, what's his name? Skimmerhorn, Tim. Okay, I heard of him, yeah. Tim Skimmerhorn, he was there. And this guy, Tony Aiken from Buses. I know Tony yeah. Aiken. All right. So. 
<laughs> so Tim Skimmer said two days, and I think Aiken said one, right? And everybody in the class is going back and forth. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me answer this. Let me answer. And and Nick go, uh-oh. <laughs> 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 because he knew you knew. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny, but the girl that was sitting up in front when he said, uh oh, she later on came when we was in the hall and said, when he said, uh oh, I knew <laughs> what why he said that. Right. <laughs> I said, because he know I'm no nonsense. I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna tell you what it is. But basically it's your wine garden rights and you got really seventy two hours to write a G two. And, you know, all the time that I deal, uh, that I, I ever done, done cases, and even with the union attorneys, they, were, they always said, uh, I wish more people would write that, you know. And, 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 and if anything, I'm going to say on, on your show tonight, for those that are listening, whenever you got to write a G2, and, and especially if you stress and, under, under, and feel you're under pressure, just write on that G, give them a G2, but you're going to give them a G2 that says, G2 forthcoming after speaking to a union rep. Now you got 72 hours. My advice to you, get the best person you can find to write that G2, to help you write that G2, period. <laughs> and, 70, and don't let them intimidate you and tell you that you got to look them look for them to, to, give, to bring that G2. They ask for the G2, they got to come get it too, okay? So don't let them t- trick you with that either. It's 72 hours, and they got to come get it. They'll either call you up and say, leave it in a booth or whatever it is. But the bottom line is you don't have to go chasing them to give them that G2. Yeah. So we, we, it's, it's almost time for us to wrap it up. What would you like to leave the people with? Oh. Because you touched. I, I really enjoyed this interview, by oh, the yeah, way. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed I, this. I really enjoyed this interview. <laughs> Thanks. You know what I'm saying? I really did. What would you like to leave the people with? Well, um, if, you, if you really want to change your working conditions and 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 you know and have a functioning union that you could say when you pick that phone up that this person is going to uh, address your man your your problem in a in a manner in which you want it to be addressed you'll all have to get together and and fight and fight for this you have to change the culture down here the culture been embedded in here much too long and we have to change that all right, well, definitely, definitely, definitely like that, like the way that ended. Um, one, now, thing, one, one thing, we doing, we going to start mobilizing progressive action where we going to be meeting at, we don't have the exact location yet, or we have the location, but we don't have the date that we're going to do it yet. Right. And we would love for you to come down, bring some of your, your coworkers. Okay, no and, problem. And, you know, and we discuss issues, same way we doing here, but amongst other people and we could just you know start writing some things down and see what we need to do so when we take it to the union we could hold them directly accountable yes. for what we need so we like to know would you like to join us on that of course no problem sounds good yeah. everything good yeah 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 that's definitely. it well look that's progressive action you got something to say jamal no i'm all right Seem like you got something on your mind, man. No, no, no. no. Like I said, you, know, like, you know, we, you know, we did a lot of talk and we talked about discipline and everything. So, I mean, I guess you know, you're always welcome here to progressive action. Yeah, we want you to come back. Actually, yeah, we want you. you to come back. Okay. Um, another thing, we need y'all to follow the Facebook group, group Progressive Action. We need y'all to go on SoundCloud and listen to all our shows. It's under Progressive Action also. And um, once we get a date, um. 
we want y'all to come down and meet with us also. We want to hear what everyone got to say. We're not discriminating and we're not, um, you know, holding anything over anybody. We go come in and we go talk outside of the union and take the issues to the union since I feel that that's our problem is actually with the union and not T.A. Because T.A. only go do what the union allowed them to do. And we must understand that. Right. And we have to understand that T.A., no matter what, they, you know, you know, they have a job to do to provide the service and they, you know, they, and, 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 and if you let them cut service and trim, you know, take this away from you. But just like Tramel said, if you let them do it, if you accept these things, if you're not educated enough to when you go to, to when we go to the bargaining table to get as much as we can, what we deserve. Because like I said, we're the cream of the crop here. Basically, you got to understand something, folks. <clears throat> when we stop working and when we shut down, everything else shuts down. Exactly. The stock market doesn't trade. Businesses lose money. Everybody, you know, basically when we stop, the world stops. But everybody else is like, okay, if they stop, okay, big deal. But so this is what you have to, everybody has to keep that in mind. Um, one more thing I wanted to say to a lot of the cleaners and the stations in the stations department. You know, I have three pages on a Facebook page, and most of them deal with problems. You can post your problems up there. Nine times out of ten, most of the people on the on the uh, page are people with time. If they can't answer it for you, I'll get to it eventually because I don't, I can't monitor it all the time. I'm constantly busy here and there, but nine times out of ten, I'll try to answer it for you. All right, sounds good. Follow the Facebook group Progressive Action. That was our show. Thanks for coming out and good night.